This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. Maybe you can hum the theme song, won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong. While the memory's not too strong, there's a piece of you from a time long gone. So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain, the question we ask is still the same. Is a treasure or just plain lame? Is this still good? Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Is This Still Good? I'm Gavin Murray, your host with the most, and our host with like slightly less is... Sage Builderback, who's also here. I am also here. I'm not a cat. And Just to date the dating of this. <laughs> and joining us is Rob Casaletta. Welcome, Rob. Rob is a, let's see, husband, father, corporate shill, all-around good guy, and an occasional musician. You can look for his single, his hot singles that are dropping in and around you. Um, is that how... <laughs> Is that how music works? Yeah, you know, it's uh, you just put it out there and hope that someone listens to it. Fair Which, enough. <laughs> a few, a few hundred. I'm, I'm very impressed with myself. I'm an old man, and and I come out with music, and people listen to it. So it's, it's quite exciting. Right on. And, <clears throat> and thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, and before we get into it, Happy Chinese New Year, everyone. We're recording this on a day that we did not plan. Uh. For its significance, which, you know, I don't know how much the movie really planned around that sort of thing either. But um, before we get into that... I think this was all planned, Gavin. <laughs> this is two Victor Wong movies in a row. That is true. Yeah. We're on He's our not Victor playing Wong a Japanese pick. man in this one. No. No. There's a... Wait. A, a... <laughs> the, last, the last one that you guys did was Josie and the Pussycats, right? Well, so that's the last one you We're heard. We're playing around with timelines. Okay. Uh, but we... we, we, all right. we we're fresh off recording uh, Three Ninjas, ah, in which yes. Vic, the, yes. the, the late, great Victor Wong mm-hmm. um, plays a Japanese grandfather, I believe, from Okinawa. Mm-hmm. But now he's a, he's a ninja, yes. <laughs> but now, Fair enough. I feel like we're, we're really biting the... We're doing uh, the previously we're, on, we're, is this still good? <laughs> <laughs> we're also burying the lead on what we're talking about. Tonight, we're here to talk about Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> One of my goddamn favorite movies, and Rob, you're the one who brought it to us. But before we get into that, yes, let's talk yes. a little bit about you. Uh, Rob, where, really... you, where are you from? Well, describe to me some, pic- some pictures of childhood. Okay, so here's the backdrop. You guys both live in Southern California now? Gavin, I know you split time, right? Correct. Okay. So I'm from, I'm from a city, a town, if you will, beautiful San Pedro, California. And if you're not familiar with that, Several several movies and shows have been filmed there. Murder, She Wrote, the beginning of the A-Team television show, The Bridge, the green bridge, like uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, mm-hmm. connects oh, yeah. uh, San, yeah, yeah. San, Pedro, San Pedro to Long Beach. Uh, any any show where they're at a dock in Los Angeles, that's like the docks of like Long Beach and San Pedro. So I, I was born and raised in San Pedro. Okay. And, um, Took me a second. That's Sunken City turf, right? That sunken city is there, and it's even more dangerous than when I was growing up. So no one's <laughs> no one's allowed there now. Um, well, yeah, sunken city. Well, we visited, but we weren't allowed. Is what Sage? Is that what you're trying to? I don't know. I just used up all my San Pedro dollars to impress <laughs> y'all. No, 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 and, no, 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 uh... no, 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 no. 
if you go to San Pedro and you call it San Pedro, you might get punched. It is okay. pronounced there, San Pedro. Yes, the That's proper pronunciation is Pedro, but it's uh, there. It's Pedro, so don't don't mess it up. All right. Um, then after that, I, I graduated from Long Beach State. Uh, it took me about eight years to finish uh, college for various reasons. So I should be a doctor, but I'm not. <laughs> and uh, I ended up moving to San Francisco, which is where I've I've I met a young Gavin Murray, reading his werewolf script at his mm-hmm. house. Right, I remember, right. I remember this werewolf script. <laughs> Hasn't changed much. <laughs> you need to work on that, man. That was like your thing. That was your opus, dude. Like you were the, like so excited about that. Hey, it, it still could be, but we're not here to talk about my script. <laughs> Is it still good, Gavin? <laughs> we're not here to pass judgment. Oh, we're not um, here. To, you just said it. We're not here to talk about your script. My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Long Beach State, you moved mm-hmm. up to you moved up to the Bay. What was yep. just to rewind for? Because like I want to get into like what, when did you first discover Big Trouble in Little China, and what was your life like at that moment? Do you remember like that kind of when it entered your world? Yes. Yeah, so. In elementary school, it was like it was all the rage, and my parents are divorced. So I just asked my dad, like, because my dad was always cool about what movies we'd watch. Like he'd mm-hmm. take me to see RoboCop in the theaters. <laughs> like he was he was that guy. Um, so we rent. I don't know if we saw it in the theaters or rented it, um, but either way, I watched it with my dad, and I was like, man, this movie is pure glory, all the way through. Everything made sense. It was funny. It was just, it said everything. It still has everything, guys. <laughs> well, okay. So you say it was all the rage in elementary, elementary school. school. Oh, yeah. So this is not just you then. This is your classmates. Oh, yeah. This was, this was like, the, this was like the movie. Crest, Crestwood was the elementary school that I went to in Pedro. This was like the movie at the time when it came out. It was all about Big Trouble in Little China. Everyone loved it. It was all it was low pan. So how, Halloween costumes were. I'm seeing people in like the. Uh... No, 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 no. This that, that that was that was at the time where people weren't super creative with uh, <laughs> Halloween costumes. So it was like a lot. You, know, you still had like Dracula. Yeah, the '80s and, like, people didn't know. have Halloween yet. I got you. I've heard they're just a very uncreative lot. No, no. It was it was it was, it was sparse. It was sparse. Not like it is now, where people are like clever. <laughs> but that's cool. So like you know, I remember when I was a kid. Uh, I changed schools quite a few times, and I remember coming to one school and meeting my future friends, uh, bouncing around like the playground, yelling Pokemon names at each other and pretending to do uh, dumb Pokemon moves. I'm really, I, I know you're gonna shatter this vision they of like you and your friends the having the Chinese standoffs and then shooting at each other and hitting each other with sticks. But I don't want. No, you we to. did that. Yes, no, we, we did that. No, dude, like seriously, like. We would have oh god, I should have written down the names of the of the two rival gangs, but we would definitely like split up and we'd like pull like twigs off of branches and stuff. And oh yeah, it was it was legit, you know. We'd we'd like draw straws to see who was Kurt Russell, who was Lopan. <laughs> uh, dude, we had like all these productions. Yeah, no, you are a hundred percent dream not crushed today, Gavin. I'm I'm so happy about that. You should be <laughs> now. Sage, when, do you remember when you first saw this movie? Uh, I feel like I've seen this movie three times. I know I sought it out in high school. Kind of liked it. Didn't think much about it. <laughs> okay. Watched it like four years ago. Liked it a little bit more, but forgot everything about it. Watched it today. 
Still couldn't really tell you what happened in the movie. <laughs> and yet the movie continuously tells you what happens in it. But we'll get to that. Um, this, this might be a failure of me. We'll see. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm going to say that that's the case. <laughs> just like by this, movie... I can already tell has always been it, it just like it's hard to i can't remember the time and place that i first saw it it just like one of those things is buried so deep into the recesses of my mind and like tied to almost who i am which i entirely don't understand why but you do I, talk about it a lot yeah it's i mean again we'll, we'll pass judgment later but yeah it's it was place a your lot. bets now on how kevin and rob <laughs> feel about the movie <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really trying to, to, like, you know, not tip any of these these card hands or however that phrase goes. So, t- yeah, tip my hand. That's 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 what I'm going for. Tip your hand <laughs> like a house of cards. Now, and I'm I'm wondering, like, I know. So, growing up in San Francisco, this movie doesn't hasn't left like a touchstone on the city itself, but it is in its movie world, very t- tied to San Francisco Chinatown. Those are the first words we hear out of, um, is it Egg Shen's mouth? And the idea of magic being something that's just rooted into San Francisco is really beautiful. How did you, did you guys feel like, I'm trying to like think of the way that kind of the world that you grow up in has like a, a hidden level to it that you just don't know about, which is one of my favorite things about this movie, is the idea that there is just this mystical you know, black blood of the earth coursing through underneath San Francisco. Or just a big underground area you could explore the whole city in. <laughs> well, that's like, more that's that's, cool that's, itself. Yeah, it's I it. mean, but like Paris Catacombs, come on, that's that's lame. I want... <laughs> I'm fine, all right. <laughs> Vatican City? Psh. Not not prepared to argue with these. <laughs> I grew up in a remote area where it was hard to imagine just a bigger world at all so the idea of a, a secret world before this is just like no nah, i'm pretty certain i know everyone here <laughs> i know how everything works so no it's a dumb question rob your answer wow so so for me this is a little bit different right so i grew up in i, I grew up in la you know la san francisco big rivalry I never i never thought of san francisco as anything except for this movie this movie put san francisco into some level of perspective for me so when i moved there I immediately went to like go look for like, like where where certain like scenes were sh- were shot mm-hmm. in the movie. How um, many of those did you find, real quick? <laughs> just the you know just just where you like go into Chinatown and they have yeah. like it, like that, that was it. Like, yeah, there's the there's <laughs> the, the Chinatown gate and then there's right. a commercial. Wow, so look all the vaguely Chinese show. stuff. I, I went into an alley that I was I, I convinced myself that. Uh, <laughs> That uh, Jack Burton's uh, big rig, that's the yeah, alley the that pork I chop through. Express. So I was like, yeah, the Pork Chop Express, haul and ass. Um, <laughs> I was like, this is, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Um, so, I yeah, you know, that movie, yeah, that movie put San Francisco in a level of perspective for me that nothing else ever did. Ah. That is really interesting, like coming that's from, perspective. like, you know, San Francisco, LA, and then uh, somewhere in Alaska. Just in terms of like you know you're you're looking at a smaller Thanks, but still pretty big city. I just I'm, it's just interesting that we've got three perspectives on and like what drives you us. You just don't to, remember the name of the town. <laughs> to Son that hidden bitch. world somewhere outside Anchorage, right? Is, I mean, yeah, that is technically correct. <laughs> really narrowed it down. 
like this is one of my favorite kind of genres though is like the idea that the world beneath our feet is both bigger more terrifying and so much closer to just erupting into just violence and destruction than we can understand that like you could be just walking down the street and like the building next to you is going to explode in green flame which is how this movie opens it's like the cops are interviewing egg shen that's right come on give me something what happened why was there a giant fireball and why was it green and that's the way that i want to go into a movie not knowing and trying to solve that mystery <laughs> is that the cops only scene in that movie <laughs> yes yeah it's a framing yeah. device yeah. it's, it's right. pretty yeah, advanced well, storytelling device would have it at the end or like later <laughs> Sorry, this is this is happening in real time. <laughs> no, no, our, the the ending as it should be is you know our hero driving off into the sunset and some strange orangutan uh, demon climbing over his big rig towards him as the credits roll. That's right. Right, that part I'm not confused. That's about. how you should end a movie in general. I, it's that's in my notes. It starts well, it ends well, <laughs> the middle's good. I mean, it's we'll we'll say we'll say that. Like I said, I've got some notes. Copious I, it, it's, notes. The movie does, it feels like a template for storytelling that I really understand. You know, it does a lot of showing, not telling. Um, that is a joke for those who haven't seen this movie. It is like 60% exposition, which I always forget until I'm watching it. And I can't, I don't understand how a movie that just does so much exposition can be so much fun. And stay so entertaining. I guess it's because the exposition's batshit. Um, <laughs> That's is fair. most That's of fair. it. Because the, the, the plot is batshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, I remember when Gracie Law is introduced, she like, um, you know, we've seen her in the airport. We should, oh, before we go too much further, someone should attempt to uh, give the plot of this movie. But Gracie Law walks into a room and goes, it's Z. Gracie Law, you know me. I'm always sticking my nose where it doesn't belong. <laughs> I'm just like, who are you and why? What? Like, who introduces themselves to people like that? Um, There's so much about this movie that makes me giggle. I don't think I can laugh more unless the movie's actually a comedy. Oh, this you don't think this movie's a comedy? I don't think it's this... in the comedy section of a store. I'm not saying it's not a comedy. This, no, 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 no. This this movie transcends genre altogether. Period. You you could say transcends. Yes. Yeah, you you could. Well, let's rewind a little bit to this bat this, this batshit uh, plot. Sage, no. as the person who seems most confused about, <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> okay. Rob, do you want to give a shot? Um, do you think you can describe this movie in in, in two minutes or less? Oh, yeah, uh, okay, all right, okay. Let, let me let me give it a try. That's all we can ask. Because there's a lot going on in this movie. There right. is. So it's a rich text. <laughs> yeah. So truck driver, all around good guy, Jack Burton goes to San Francisco where he spends a, an entire night gambling and winning where he is with his buddy uh, Wang and takes a bunch of Wang's money. Now, Wang needs the money because he's got to pick up his future wife from the airport. So Jack Burton says, Wang, come with me. They go to the airport. Lo and behold, there's a gang and they steal Wang's girlfriend right off, like, right off the plane. Then everything kind of like 
Jack Burton's confused. You've got Wang trying to kind of ground him into, uh, you know, Chinese culture and, and, and things like that. And, and Jack Burton's just head spinning, right? You have Gracie Law that he meets at the airport as well. Well, Jack Burton's a prideful individual, and he wants to get his buddy Wang's girl back so he can get paid. Because he can't get paid his money until that girl comes back. So he goes to find this gang, and they go into an alley where they get caught up in a big gang fight, and he runs over a mythical being <laughs> and freaks him out. How am I, am I doing okay so far? I'm doing good. It's like I'm in a job I mean, this is the pivot point where we're yeah, just the, in a the, different movie. So, yeah, the, yeah. Mo- the movie changes had, there. So this is a good place. Yeah, yeah. I had honestly <laughs> forgotten that this is how this movie started. <laughs> this is, like we said, it's, it's difficult to describe. I watched it this two morning. Minutes. So, All right. So, so after, he runs over a mythical being. Yeah. He runs over a myth- mythical being. Some sort of cryptid. It, yeah. And then it's all about like, okay, we got to get, we got to get the girl back. The girl's been captured. Let's get her back. So Wang and Jack Burton break into Lopang's, I don't know, business. They go underground. Hilarity ensues. They somehow come out. Then they go back in. <laughs> but when they go back in, now Gracie Law is also in there because Lopan just needs to marry a girl with green eyes because he's not flesh. <laughs> he was cursed over 2,000 years ago. And the only way to lift this curse is to marry a girl with green eyes, then kill her. But Lo Pan now sees two girls with green eyes and says, I'm going to marry both of them and kill one of them and, uh, you know, do whatever I want with the other. Well, you know, Jack Burton and Wang, they're, they're not having any of this stuff. So they go back in. They let uh, Lo Pan become human again, flesh, and they kill him. The movie ends. <laughs> I like how there's there's a lot of moments of that where it's just like and then they go in and then they go out they take an elevator and then they escape somehow Jack Burton wants no part of it but that he has to go but that he wants yeah. no part of it but that he has to go Gracie Law's there you know sometimes she's a, sometimes she's an investigative reporter sometimes she's kidnapped sometimes you know she's a lawyer I, I don't know. I mean, this is this this movie is about the human emotion. You don't know where you're going. <laughs> really be. runs the gambit. Yeah. I mean, it really does. Oh boy. It, I still just always remember what happens and not why it happens. Yeah. It's my definition of a of a good time movie. Listen, why do people always have to ask why? Why can't people just experience it? It's an experience. Do you ask why you're on the roller coaster? You just experience the roller coaster. Just go, get on the roller coaster. It's not a perfect analogy. I think one thing this movie does really well is actually beat you over the head with strangeness until you, you're just like, yes, sure. Um, it got it gets me to this place that I remember going to. I'm not a Harry Potter fan, and so I remember seeing like the first two movies and being like, this just isn't my thing. And then I skipped ahead to number five, which was Password Red in the books. And I my I was so far removed from my understandings of how the world worked that I just had to shut up and be like, there's no more. I can't ask why anymore. We're here. Let's go. And this movie gets you to that place really fast. Immediately. Yeah. It lets you know right away. Well, Victor Sage. Wan tells you magic is real. <laughs> right. Right. Away. And then, then shoots lightning out of his fingers. Oh, man. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, the cop never shows up again because Victor Wong killed the cop, right? Well, no, that 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 is the framing device that actually happens uh, in the present, and the rest See? of the movie is a flashback. What okay. what I mean, what what director has used that? Tarantino, boom, there it is. I'm not saying That's it's inherently it a bad thing, but as it happens, like it is not a thing that he intended to be in the movie at all. <laughs> like that is that there are there are a lot of things in this movie that unfortunately scream studio interference. And like when what? I what? No. Yeah, no. I mean, literally, the opening sequence that we're talking about is not in the script. The Carpenter did not want to do it, and he was forced to. Carpenter didn't write the script. Well, the shooting script, like it was an added scene by the studio, and he, whether or not he wrote it, doesn't matter to what I said, unless I said it wrong. I get. <laughs> well, we can talk about who who wrote it. I was. I I know both of you probably perused the Wikipedia page, and. uh that was more storied than I expected. It was originally Wait, written by Gary Goldman and David Weinstein of Total Recall fame mm-hmm, mm-hmm, as an 1880s mm-hmm. Western set in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? <laughs> 1880s. Yeah. Turn of the century, okay. San Francisco. Um, Interesting. When you would put a Western. I mean, that makes sense with all the actual Chinese gang wars happening in San Francisco around that time. Is that what it was magic. about? Yeah, no, it, um, a lot and of magic it, was just, real. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and magic was real back then. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, of course, I haven't read that script. Um, the yeah, Wikipedia sure. page also says it's un, it's just not doesn't work. And they brought on the director of Buckaroo Banzai to clean it up, which <laughs> is a sentence that I can't imagine. I mean, this absolutely tracks so far. <laughs> I was like, all right, uh, Buckaroo Banzai polished up an 1880s script. And, and we're yeah, halfway made, to Big Trouble current, And then they brought in Carpenter, who did a few more tweaks and, you know, clean up some things, maybe remove some things that he thought would be offensive to Chinese Americans. So there was a pass for that. <laughs> um, which, you know, uh, I, I, like, I have a friend who I remember, like, wound up at a who's Chinese and they went to an event that was built around big trouble in little China. They had no idea what was going on and they were pretty jarred. They were pretty uncomfortable with the amount of just neon and uh, like, you know, borrowed random Chinese mysticism designs. But like, I do think the movie in general does a good job of creating its own world that, you know, I, I can't give it a full pass. Yeah. Chinatown. I'm obviously not the person who gets to, but yeah, in one I, of I the know. many hells. <laughs> I just do think it's interesting. It was given that it was given like a writing pass with that in mind. Uh, I was I was just watching a thing, and one of the reasons I say that there's a lot of studio interference where they they chopped out a lot of the a lot of the funny parts as a test screening, and of mm-hmm. course because this is all shot and edited on film, when they make him re-edited in the funny parts because the test screening failed like you can't just edit jokes back into something on analog i i think this movie ends up working i just don't know how much of that is actually intentional because okay. so much of the intent changed here's here's the thing here's the thing i'm, I'm listening to you guys I'm, I'm taking this in i i don't think we can look at this movie uh as like an academic study we, we just got to have to. Tenured pod. No, I don't pod. think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I think we need to remove some of the uh, some of some of the thought process and just focus on the end product and how it makes us feel. 
Okay, be, be I mean, less pretentious. I, would, I, I get it. I would compare how I feel to, like, drinking. I don't know if they ever describe what that substance is before they get in the elevator. And they just right. all kind of stand there looking at each other going, like, I feel, I feel great. I, I feel amazing right now. I feel That's, invincible. Listen, listen, I've had, I've had the downest two weeks of my entire life. <laughs> you know what picked me up? Big Trouble in Little Twina, China. Twice. <laughs> Twice this week. Okay? Oh, boy. Big, big Trouble, Little Twida is the title of the sequel. That's a, that's a, the, the, the sequel that's been a long time uh, gestating finally gets its title. That's what it was China missing, really. will just be spelled the number two Twida. and then Ina. <laughs> but we'll save that for the reboot section. That's right. That's right. Sage, what was one of your favorite things about this movie? Since you seem the most hesitant to, to give it the love it, it so clearly deserves. I just don't think I think about it as much as you guys. <laughs> Maybe um, that's the problem, though. Well, I wrote it? down very little because I was busy just enjoying things as they happened. Because so many things happened, and many of them were were enjoyable. Um, I, I wrote down just a couple few notes. I really like a lot of the dialogue in this movie. A lot of the one-liners <laughs> just sing from, I'm a reasonable man, but I've seen some unreasonable things, to, uh-oh, one of you guys throw something in <laughs> A lot of it is the delivery. Like, son of a bitch must pay. <laughs> is perfect. Or, I mean, again, like, I, I already mentioned the Gracie Law thing. You know me. I'm always sticking my nose where it doesn't belong. <laughs> or, my favorite. All right. My favorite like, line. The key is to look like an idiot. Like an absolute, like, fool. <laughs> Just look stupid. And then Gracie looks at me and goes, he already does. <laughs> uh, honestly, my favorite line is towards the end of the movie where... They're looking at a wall that says it's hollow, and and all Jack Burton says is "fuck it," and gets his knife and just cuts right through it. I was like, "Oh, that's so good." Yeah, it's all it needs. There was a, a large number of those moments that worked very well for me, <laughs> more than I was expecting. And honestly, well, the reason it's more than I was expecting is just there's a lot of films around that time that are similarly iconic and cold that just do not do it for me in the in the constant good lines departments. <laughs> so A plus. A plus, A plus dialogue is my review of Big Trouble in Little Same China. Well written script, it's very a clean, well written delivered. Thank you to the nine script writers. <laughs> um, the other thing I had written down, which is one of the really one of the more interesting things to me, is uh, who who is the hero of this movie? Yeah. Who's the main character? Because yeah. mm-hmm. there's one person on the poster. <laughs> Well, no, the poster has everyone on it. It's like it's a mad, mad world. There just happens to be a very large Jack Burton. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, no, I mean, that's one of my favorite things about this movie is how incompetent Jack Burton is for most of it. I always, like, he is the guy who kills Lopan. Spoilers. Uh, I always forget that. Because my main memory of Jack right. Burton is, is him running into the big fight with his Uzi, fucking shooting into the air like a madman, <laughs> dislodging a rock from the ceiling, and getting knocked out for half of the big finale fight. Truthfully, if and this is what I mean a little bit about like it almost being a full-on comedy, is if he was any more of a bumbling idiot of a protagonist, like it would be a straight-up Leslie Nielsen character. <laughs> Right. Well, that's I think that's the strength of this to me is that he isn't that. As much as I do like the Naked Gun, this is something I can go back to much more easily because it it delivers just a wider spectrum 
of like comedy and thrills to me. And you do have uh, Wang, who is like the more archetypal, like a different movie, he'd be the main character and it would be kind of like a more by the numbers action he, film. He's also the one with the stakes. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No, this is definitely the friend who just came along for the convenient reason that he, he wants his truck back, even though it's insured. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Wang's uh, cousin, I think, happens to like be talking about how, wow, you really abandoned that truck while he's on the phone with the insurance people and they just hang up on him, which is a great, you know, all those little tiny just bits of exposition just weaving this beautiful web that is that is Big Trouble in Little China. I take back what I said about the exposition. Like, the exposition, is like it's constant, but it's perfect. And it's, you know, it is that same thing where it's like, I know people, people are huge fans of, like, Doctor Who, which I've never really checked out. But the th- part of it that is both kind of something that I know a lot of people find fault with this type of story is where you are going through the, like, someone who doesn't, the, the person who's, like, the virgin to this world. Like, they're coming in, like, a new babe. And uh, yeah, okay. then they're, they're hanging out. water with, viewpoint character. The doctor, you know, is this all-knowing alien. We can't really hang out and understand that. We need someone to hold our hand and introduce us to the world, which is, a, you know, a little bit. There's, a, there's enough there that I'm not going to correct you, but you, we do need to have it off mic. Doctor Who conversation at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to talk to me about how, like, so Chinese culture, you're comparing to an alien. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Which, fair. (laughs) Um, I mean, you should see how, like, older Doctor Who handles Chinese mysticism. (laughs) Because the last thing I wrote is, this this movie is not as racist as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Yeah. It reminded me a bit of... uh, green hornet just in the sense that not the movie the older show although i guess also the movie like the the competent one who's arguably the main character is the asian is it like this whole the asian great i'm gonna write that down so you can cut that out you were saying (laughs) which is it just yeah it's it's an inversion of how all the movies of that type would normally be yeah and i mean that's that's part of the reason like i was reading up on a little bit on why wang took the job uh he was apparently cast like days before they started shooting (laughs) and it's because like this was a role that was actually like it's a great role i'm surprised i haven't seen him in more things that it's not a more recognizable face especially because he basically replaced jackie chan who was supposed to be in this wait jackie chan was supposed to be in this that changes a lot doesn't it he thought about i don't think this movie works with jackie chan I certainly don't, especially considering it's kind of important for the Asian-American actor in this to not have a very strong accent. I think that could go a different way. I, I don't, not even not even about that, because I, I think the way the way that the actor that played Wang played it allowed allowed Kurt Russell to play Jack Burton the way that it needed to be played. Because to me, they played off really well yeah. against each yes. other. And Jackie Chan has too much personality. I, I think I think. I mean, I'll look it up if you guys want. Um, that Jackie Chan has too Den- much personality. Dennis Dennis Dunn did yeah. such a great job of not necessarily being the sidekick because I think he was every bit the lead that Kurt Russell was in it. He did a really good job, and I, I agree with you. Like, I when I was watching, how come this guy never showed up in anything else again? Yeah. Like, legitimately. Yeah, he's got a very driven performance, which like allows it to be like kind of a more direct role in a certain like he's just got 
some the the lords of death and <laughs> and, and Lopan have kidnapped his fiance <laughs> that he's been working his butt off in America to raise money to bring over from China. And the 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 friend like that opening scene too of their friendship and like he's like cocky he's like mm-hmm. you know nothing to double jack I'll cut I'll cut the bottle <laughs> cut the bottle one stroke with this knife nothing to double you know and and when he loses the money he's still so high on the fact that he's finally bringing over his fiance that he just he's like no wonder my my you know I, I'm I'm just. I'm just too happy to even think about how to cut a bottle in half correctly and win my money back. His spirit's going north and south simultaneously. That's why he wasn't able to cut the bottle. I wasn't sure if this was something he was normally able to do or if this was just like a true Hail Mary. It's like, uh, if if I have the bottle and I cut it in two, can I get get my money back? (laughs) I hope this works. I mean, you get the feeling because, like, uh, he can – he does – well enough at martial arts compared to everyone else in the movie that he feels like he is the powerhouse of the group even with because they do team up with the local gang too is something is like the good guy gang to fight the bad guy gang. yes <laughs> <laughs> um and he still feels like he's he's the one who's like he he's got that epic sword fight with one of the three storms you yeah, know he flies through the air towards the end of this film yeah i believe the man could cut a bottle in half which you know, I mean, I said he, he, at the beginning. he said he does it at home all the time. Yeah, I'm surprised he spent like the first part of the movie kind of scared about what was going on, considering what he's capable of. You know, we saw him do it, a, 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 I don't know what to call it. It just reminds me of like the skate loop, but he runs all the way around an arch. Oh, oh yeah, that's right, <laughs> and the arch. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's you weird. Know. No one's brought that up yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know That's... he's also he's also the american dream right like right. We, we we talked about him like he you know sleeping sleeping on the floor saving every nickel now he owns a restaurant now he's mm-hmm. able to save up to bring his you know the love of his life over from china and he's going to marry her i mean He's, he could gamble he's away a thousand dollars without worrying about it in nineteen eighty six. I just don't. And that's nineteen eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. I know that's like a million dollars today. Yeah, that's how money works, as far as I know. Well, <laughs> do your taxes, Kevin. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's that's the thing that he's also unwavering. Like you, I, you said he's afraid, and like I mean, he understands the situations he's in. He's mm-hmm. never backing down. He's also never asking for backup either. Jack Burton is just a strong-headed kind of buffoon who probably doesn't fully understand the danger that he's in. He never does. And that's what's the reason on. he's going. He's, that's the reason he's going along with Wang. But, but I, like, I think he's. I think he's also going with Wang out of pure friendship with him. Like I can't. Yeah. I can't let my friend go through this alone. He also wants to impress uh, Kim Kim Cattrall, and he can you do all of this under the guise of. Those fuckers took my truck. <laughs> I don't want to hear no act of God bullshit. Well, also, Wang owes him money. Yeah. Like, they just keep adding motivations. Yeah. I mean, you know, why else would you question? Because that's the thing that we would question in this movie is why is he there? Not, you know. Why isn't he there? <laughs> they're walking underground and, no like, movie. the giant, like monster comes out of the wall and eats like random good guy gangs <laughs> what is that what was that? and like every, all, all the other guys like it's, come on bro like just keep moving like yeah well eggs eggs 
Come on. Uh, Egg throws like some powder and yeah. says, it's okay, he's not coming back. Yeah. Let's keep going. <laughs> we'll miss him once we're done with like, you know, our mission at hand. Which like, this is a story of, I'm trying to think of other times where I've been like more that okay with just like a good and good versus evil. Like you have two armies with their generals, basically. So what we're like, we're doing a small version of that. This is like kind of not Lord of the Rings, but like I tend to I tend to sure like reject. <laughs> well, you got your you got your good guy armor, you or, or like you got your you know eggs kind of like uh, Gandalf, and you know you've got your Saruman in Lopan, like they're wizards with armies, and just instead of Middle Earth, it's San Francisco Chinatown. Well, but I but I also think too. Like when when you kind of take like that ultimate good versus evil, like you're talking about, when, when you're talking about Wang and Jack Burton, they're like they're more relatable. Like they're just like you know normal people, and you want to root for normal people. They don't have any particular skills or do anything, but they're doing you know they're doing extraordinary things. Right. And yes, you get Egg Shen that you know he's got he understands the magic aspect of it, and he can kind of guide them along. But to me, he that. To me, the egg Shen Lopan thing was something that that was like a little bit more deeply rooted. Um, it seems that they've been rivals for a long time. They also don't harp on it, which I think is correct. Part of it. It's it's not like the the reason Lord of the Rings kind of wears on me in places is it fucking beats you over the head with that. Whereas this is like, you know, we don't have time to talk like talk that lyrically about this this is the current situation that we need to deal with exactly and you know it's uh you know 80 minutes 90 minutes of movie rather than eight hours that's going to come out in extended edition not that i wouldn't be interested to see what the extended edition of big trouble in little china looks like mm, no 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 no. it's no. probably shorter <laughs> no. i think the director's no. cut of this movie is a little bit shorter <laughs> You just don't well, mess with perfection. <laughs> if you had, if you had to complain about something, which you know, I I understand not. It this is this is a more difficult thing to get to in this in this um, talking about this movie. But is there something that like you don't like about this Sage? Uh, something I don't something like that doesn't work with do, that something doesn't work for you. Um. Well, I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just trying to think of something I haven't already said. <laughs> is there anything you'd want to change, Rob? I'd, t- I'd take out that opening. This would be like one of my biggest pushes. Like I don't think it needs to start at the. Yeah, you know the the opening was a little bit wonky, but you know when you look at it, it's you know a minute long at that. So I'm not I'm not going to completely judge it. I, I, I mean, I think it changes a lot to just lose that. I, I would maybe cut out the parts where they talk specifically about Jack Burton in the opening. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's kind of why the opening's there is so that you think Jack Burton's a little bit more heroic than he was. That was literally a right. studio note to put that in. That's the only part of that doesn't work for me. Because I like, the thing I do like is Egg Shen introducing the world and him saying, you expect me to believe in magic? And Egg Shen going, Chinese black magic? And then shooting like lightning out of his fingers to me, really sets a tone. <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of, I love that part. It's just when they talk about Jack Burton too much, which, again, by the end of it, he's not the hero like we were talking about. Like, he is part of a team 
Mm-hmm. And there's no reason that the detectives would be asking about him specifically to me or that Egg Shen would have to defend him particularly. Like, he feels like just another soldier to me. Well, I don't, I don't understand why you need a detective or any sort of wrap up of that way at all. I mean, I don't think a you building need this movie did explode introduced. in green flame. Yeah, I'm saying this movie also People just works dead. where there's not consequences at the end of this. <laughs> I'm saying this doesn't take place in our world, so it's okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I yeah, I see your point on this one. Because um, even even, I mean. Quite frankly, when I watched it again for the first time in a couple of years this week, I was like, I, I totally forgot about that beginning, because mm-hmm. my mem- my memory of it wasn't that it was, wasn't that it's you know Jack Burton's movie that it was like like this kind of almost like a buddy thing that was going yeah, on right like this whole team, so. and so it's like, you know, I watched and it's like okay, you know, you know, leave Jack Burton alone, leave Jack Burton alone. Like why he didn't like do that much. <laughs> What's he on the hook for? Yeah. yeah. We're just smashing that door with that trailer at the end. <laughs> you know, I've, I forgot to bring it up earlier, but there's a scene where, uh, where, where Kurt Russell just plugs someone and he just, he just stops and looks for a while. And I think the girl asked, was well, no, Wang asks, this is the first time plugging someone? He's like, no, of course yeah. not. I was like, no, I think that was the first time that character has ever killed someone. That's not a normal thing. We haven't established he's like a Vietnam vet or something. Exactly. It was like, no, most people have not killed people. That's, then, that's Wang's cousin, too. Okay. Because Wang is currently doing martial arts and beating most everybody, while uh, his cousin has a shotgun that he's firing and missing with. Yes. And then... Um, well, so we all know Jack guns Burton are pretty worthless in fighting. Is it tempting to use an Uzi that has the safety on? <laughs> That's that scene. Yes. Safety. Safety. I mean, as long as he doesn't shoot up into the air and knock <laughs> himself out with falling roof. Right. Well, that's after the safety's off. Then he can ha- handfully like knock himself out. That's why the safety's also... there. <laughs> so you or don't like knock when yourself he... out by shooting up in the air. <laughs> Yeah, when he when he's like holding on to one of the three storms, who then throws him backwards, and he lands in a chair and just rolls backwards, flailing for his life in a wheelchair down a down a mountain, and then knocks out random baddies. Yep, uh, backwards. <laughs> that, that's that's always the scene that I remember, like from when I was a kid. Like like that was like the scene. Oh, when he, he's going down, he's like trying to stop himself, like against yeah. the wall, and he can't like that. As a kid, that's what I remember. Is like, oh, that was that was hilarious. <laughs> well, and there's like that's there's some moments that like if you put yourself in their in their place, there's some pretty terrifying stuff. And the thing I was thinking about watching it this time was I know Sage, you've watched some of these like the uh, cursed movie, like the like is it Richard Spencer who tried to do um, oh like Island Doctor Moreau, yeah. So one of the things they talk about movies getting haunted with is like the original Exorcist used real human skeletons. Right, right, for right. scenes, which I did not know was commonplace. And now watching them it's in easy the to get skeletons, the, the 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 what is it? The Chinese hell of drowned upside oh, down hanging right. bodies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, looking at it, I was like, damn, those are some good looking skeletons because they're probably real. Oh. Was something I was like, damn, that's I can't imagine being an actor and just knowing you're swimming. Did they just not tell them back then that I think people just you're probably swimming with dead, real, real skeletons? 
there was probably less awareness back then. They, they probably just did it. They knew. Ugh. I mean, Creepy. can I just donate my skeleton to movies? Is that like an option when I'm an organ donor? Because I'd do that. I'd be like, use my body to that's, entertain that's, people. That's what you're going for. You're like, hey, I know you guys have a lack of spleens to like slice open for certain scenes, but if someone really wants to chew on it for the next Walking Dead series. Look, Gavin, you die twice. You die when you die. And you die the, when, the, last the last time your bones appear in a film. <laughs> the last uh, person in makeup has eaten the, the last of your flesh for uh, AMC original. You're immortalized until then. <laughs> yeah, no, this is what I want to do. Let's make this happen. Let's get my bones in a movie. Fans, make it happen. <laughs> While we're talking about emotions and all this... Uh, because you talked about like the memories that came back to you as like that rolling down in sheer terror was your your strongest memory. I'd have to say mine might be the opening actually that that egg Shen just when he first shoots electric electricity out of his finger like just gets me in the right mood to be somewhere for like an hour and a half. The rest of the movie is just candy on top of that for me. Is there is there like a, a scene where the movie got you, Sage? entirely on board no doubts yeah no, I... you're gonna have to was it the beholder that shows up i think is it what what was it the beholder that shows up randomly like lopan has a floating eyeball monster yeah i, I feel oh, like so that's definitely the moment where i realized like oh no i i am very much enjoying this movie it was There's just the, like the I orangutan entire... that reaches out and grabs yeah <laughs> With this kind of like off-putting weird movie gets like very weird, <laughs> and dare I say on-putting? I don't know. How to <laughs> <end with> that. <laughs> but no, somewhere in the third act, I'm like, no, this is this is a shit ton of fun I'm having. Now, because that's that's the thing. Like, I want to get into our reviews, kind of. Sage, do you want to set the scene for that? As as far of. As far as like how how would how would we how would we what, how would we rate this movie oh. if we had a scale to rate it on? Uh, well, as as it happens, we do have a scale, Gavin. Oh shit! And uh, Rob, mm. we have we have we have a three tier system. The first tier being, mm-hmm. is this still good? Pretty mm-hmm. obvious. Uh, the second is, is it better as a memory? Or the third is, I didn't have anything prepared for this, Gavin. <laughs> I never do. You never no. do. Okay, this makes so much more sense now. Um, do we, do we kill it? <laughs> I really have nothing. Uh, yeah. Do we, do we, do we submerge it in the Chinese hell? Do we set it down the elevator drowned. to the hell of, uh, drowned under hell of, hell of burned people? Oil. Yeah. Yeah. Do we make a hell for it and send it there? Okay. Yeah. You thought All I was right. going to do better than that. Didn't you? I did not. <laughs> the main reason I, I wanted to, to jump to this is because this movie is so baffling that I usually forget a just broad swaths of it and that it remains so fresh whenever I watch this movie because so much of it does not actually live in my memory. Uh, as much as I love this movie and think about it quite often, every time I watch it, I forget what's coming, which is rare <laughs> and so special. Um, in case it's not clear to me, like I, I, I think this movie's amazing. I think it's still good. I love it. I recommend watching it all the time. Just, just go do that. But like 
part of the main reason to me is even for a movie that spells out what it is continuously through exposition doesn't really develop a character its characters just kind of dumps them on you and just ushers them through scenes <laughs> at breakneck speeds <laughs> you just because it's moving so fast you don't have the time to grab your own surroundings in it and that's but, really special and fun but let me ask you this are you ever overwhelmed that's a tough question. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Probably like, not. I, I, but... I'm never overwhelmed with all the stuff that they keep throwing at you. It's like, it's weird how digestible it all is. Like, mm-hmm. Once you get on the train, like, you can't, you don't really have the option of getting off. Yeah, <laughs> if Pork it works Chop for Express you, it works. never slows down. <laughs> the Fork Chop Express, yes. It's haul and ass. Haul and ass. Rob, where do you fall on that on that scale with this movie? Well, I think this is one of the most influential movies of all time. I think it uh, is definitely still good by your rating standard. Um, it's perfect. <laughs> well, that that sums it up. That's that's one still good and one perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, this is uh, this movie's better than the last time I saw it. So I don't, I'm not certain where only... that goes through. Sorry. I was going to say, you've only seen this movie three times, you claim. And so far, <laughs> okay. it sounds like it gets better every time you watch it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, your review literally stated that you forget what happens for so much of it and things surprise you. And you've seen this movie much more than I have. All I'm saying is if this is working, if you, if, 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 his, if we use the scientific method, like every time you watch this movie, it gets better for you. That is true. And you've only seen it three more, three times. I don't know why I liked it so much this time. Last time I saw it on the Castro and it wasn't even as as enjoyable for me. Like that seems like it should be the right experience. Um I think I'm just more of a big trouble little China guy now in my thirties. <laughs> Finally half. I'm not entirely sure what that means, right. but I'm happy for you. Uh yeah, I mean that's it's still good. Wow, okay, that's a unanimous still good. So treasured. Okay, let me ask you this. I, I, I don't mean to throw a wrench in anything. So Sage Please. is going through. I'm, I'm watching him. I'm a master of body language. <laughs> so I'm watching you. Is it, Do you have like like a fourth category when necessary, better with age? <laughs> that was introduced by... I mean, it's some, come up, It yeah. was suggested. I would argue it falls under still good. Like It does. It's just <sighs> a different way to think. It's still good for a different reason. Okay. Fair, fair enough. It's your show. It's it your just, show. It I'm happens so like... infrequently. It's not worth stamping. <laughs> but what do, you, what do you think? That's an interesting thing to posit is why would this movie get better with age? What have what do you think you may have grown into? Well, I actually think the... that I've gotten better with age. <laughs> I th- I, that's, I, yeah, thought ended. Listen, this movie was ahead of its time. Okay. It's okay. It well, takes yeah, some people it was, some time. It's supposed to take place in the 1880s. <laughs> <laughs> so it's way ahead of, like, literally way ahead it's of its time. a century step. ahead of its time. <laughs> it's dated <laughs> it a century. What if not horses? <laughs> what if Chinese wizards? <laughs> Rob, you mentioned the um, yes. influence that this movie has had on not just you and I. Yes. And clearly Sage. Okay. Um, do you want to get into any like things like the obvious ones to me is like Mortal Kombat would not exist without this movie. It feels mm. like uh, yeah, I mean Ra- Raiden's definitely you okay. Know, yeah. Lightning. I like, mean, a hundred percent. The Mortal now, Kombat games wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, correct. Not the movie. Now I want you to look at Lopan and I want you to think about Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. 
Always do. Boom. <laughs> I mean, think about yeah, yeah. that, right? Watch Dracula again, and I want you to see like the, like the analogs between those two characters. So I think I, I think with the kind of that kind of that sexy, creepy, you know, mysterious. <laughs> sexy is not something I, I expected to hear uh, said should, during this series. During you this shouldn't podcast. like I mean, the guy, but you kind of do. You know, yeah. so I, I just think I think in some of that, like, I think they nailed that. I, I think the fight scene, like we talked about having, you know, the pork chop express stuck in the alley. I, I don't think Braveheart exists without that fight scene. Period. Right. Then you can look at like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I think what Carpenter did there was pure, pure magic. Okay. This is the first movie that's successfully incorporated action, adventure, fantasy, special effects, comedy, magic, horror, and romance. Tell me another. I'll wait. So actually, just, that is something that I me, was... <laughs> <laughs> that is something I was thinking about. Um, is in that way, this actually does share a little bit more with like Hong Kong cinema than American cinema, which to me, I don't think was clear at the time. Now that I've seen a lot more of like the weirder Hong Kong comedies that do get into mysticism and like give and take with like this is this is post Star Wars too which is like kind of a far-fetched thing to bring into this discussion but like Star Wars really influenced Chinese cinema as well they did like they you see them ripping off lightsabers using like force stuff people jumping you know the way that like Luke can jump with his like force jumps and stuff like they're giving and taking and borrowing between those two cinematic languages and this movie now I can put it in the context of like it is borrowing from those like more fantastical Chinese films, which I just did not have the context for growing up. Where does Flash Gordon fit into all this? <laughs> I was uh, gonna try and look that up. I also wanted to give a shout out to James Hong's giggle, uh, the guy who plays Lopan. I want to give like, a shout out to James Hong and everything. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Legendary I'm, character honestly... actor James Hong. <laughs> honestly the way that he says indeed when when uh when he's when he's got wang and uh, jack burton there and jack burton's and we're, well, you know and we're the world indeed i say that all the time <laughs> just like that all the time <laughs> to my kid all the time to my like the people that work for me all the time it is the have, greatest way to say indeed have you shown <laughs> big trouble in little china uh, yeah. to your kid yet is that yeah. she's Five, so <laughs> so I'm what? At what age yet. is Big Trouble in Little China age? Because I know you've thought about. <sighs> okay, this. so all right, so I got I've got to balance out what you know. I thought my dad did a great job, but remember, my dad literally took me to see like Silence of the Lambs and Predator mm-hmm. and Robocop when I was like seven years old. Okay, Silence of the Lambs a little, a little bit older because it came out what ninety one. Um, Jesus. <laughs> so I I don't know if I can go like that. I I got to come out. I, I think Big Trouble in Little China. I think that's like, I don't know, 10, 11, I think. Okay. Is there, are there, uh, I, just to get off the topic of Big Trouble in Little China and in, into actually parenting, because this is, this is an interesting thing to talk New about. New podcast, let's go. <laughs> what, what, are there movies that you're really excited to show your daughter and have you like planned those out at all? Oh God, let me just tell you, I was really excited to show her Labyrinth and mm-hmm. I did like, <laughs> the beginning of the year you know i got her all pumped up i I was playing uh, i was playing the soundtrack for her 
and she really I can't remember the name of the song like like the, like the real good like danceable song that Bowie did for it and I turned on Labyrinth dance, and she's dance. just yes magic dance she was basically frightened the entire time I'm like oh <laughs> god I've totally screwed this thing up yeah I mean uh what's his name Brian Froud and his uh his goblin designs I get it it's creepy me and my sister definitely grew up looking at books of all those illustrations and creepy yeah things. she's you know what I, I guess it comes down to this like you don't like as as a parent i i kind of know what she likes she's a you know she hasn't had as much exposure as i i did around mm-hmm. around that age and good good because i had some pretty negative exposures that i don't want her to have so it's like i you know sometimes i'll push the boundaries what i think the boundary is but it's it's stuff like labyrinth like the next one i want to show her is the princess bride but yeah um so there are things like that, but it's it's almost – man, that's a tough one because it really depends on the kid. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool though that like – I mean – and I, I, that should be obvious that you tailor it to your kid. But like I'm trying to imagine like what age do you show The Princess Bride because that was such a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. And it's, it's PG <clears throat> like I, I'd assume. I'm trying to remember. I feel like there is a swear word in there somewhere that like doesn't seem like the biggest deal. I, I don't know. But – there is violence. There's, there's some torture. It seems pretty tame, but, but yeah, there's torture. There's, I mean, like, <laughs> but, but, forgot about that. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? Like, you I cut mean, you, you down you, to the pain. There's a there's a son death. of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, like, like, but but like, I'll, I'll show her like The Incredibles, right? The, mm-hmm. At Disney Pixar, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of violence film. in that, right? So, you know, there's a lot of guns and things like that, too. So it's just it's just kind of weird. It's almost I mean, there's just a lot of that stuff everywhere. I feel like you should just leave out the VHS or DVD cassette or DVD case that you have for Big Trouble in Little China and wait for her to find it. You got to, like, reconstruct that blockbuster experience that, like, we had growing up or that tower <laughs> video thing. Just, like, make a wall <laughs> of things that, like, you kind of introduce. Like, put put the scary stuff up just a little bit higher. So as she grows. Top shelf. She can gets to reach the top top Listen, shelf, dude. you know. <laughs> she went. I had her go upstairs to get her pajamas on, and the light was on, and she was afraid to go upstairs. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's my that's just that's just her. She's not. Yeah. She's. And, and, I like horror movies and all that type of stuff. My wife does not, and I can already tell like that that one's a lost cause when it comes to that <laughs> stuff. Well, <clears throat> you know, hopes and prayers. That's right. <laughs> Well, Sage, I think we're, 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 we've come to the place that I know is one of your favorite parts time? of this because you like putting us through this. I do. Um, I think it's one of the most important things about, our, about this podcast. I wanted to ask you, Rob. So yes. are you going to be able to show this movie to her before they remake this movie? Before I don't think they're going to re- big troubles. In I don't China's. think I don't think they're going to remake this movie, but I've always said that there's going to be a sequel to it with The Rock. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what's I don't happening know how with that I, movie because it should have come out I don't know how I now. feel about that. Like, and, and Jack Burton's supposed to be like his dispatcher or something. Like that. That's what I, I read it a year ago or whatever. Well, <laughs> understanding um, that this is this is a property that's now a cult classic. There's money on the table. Um, they're losing money the longer that they don't make something with Big Trouble <laughs> in Little China, really. Uh, accepting uh, that inevitability, we have a section on this podcast called, well, I guess it doesn't really have a name, <laughs> but it's where we reboot things. 
We're reviving a canceled undercover police program from the 80s. Oh, it's not a remake, it's a reboot. You see, the guys in charge of this stuff lack creativity. What the fuck is a reboot? So all they do now is recycle shit from the past. We're working on less of a shriekle and, and more of a screamake. Expect us all not to notice. I like it. Another! Do you have a take of Big Trouble in Little China that you would want to see? Whether it's a reboot, whether it's a sequel, some sort of continuation of this property. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's not Big Trouble in Little China related. I, they were going to they were going to reboot years ago Revenge of the Nerds, and I auditioned for it. And my audition was begging them not to remake the movie because it was great and perfect. Did you actually so, go into a room and do this for people, or is this like a videotape thing? Uh, I was a room. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it was a room. This was like back in 2002, 2003, somewhere around there, I think. Uh, it's a long time ago. Um, I... I don't think you can actually remake this because what remakes what uh, what makes this film good is kind of like a vacuum in that time. You mm-hmm. can't take some of those things away and like have it translate today. A sequel is fine. Go with a sequel. Do not remake. Well, Rob, what does your sequel look like? What do you want to see on the screen? I kind of don't want to see one. I just want this to live on forever the way it is and just have it die. This is your chance to shepherd it into the best possible no. version. <laughs> no, no. This is the best possible version of it. Because otherwise I it's going to be whatever perfect. garbage yeah. Gavin and I come up with. We are making <laughs> the official movie right now. Listen, I'm a, I'm a layman. You guys are professionals. Like You can't, you can't, you can't do this to me. All right. <laughs> All right. You, you think about this because you have to pitch something, Rob. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Now, okay. Sage, did you have a? Do you have something in mind? I mean, it's uh, I I want the same movie with the same actors, but they're twenty five <laughs> okay. years All older, right. 35, 35 years older, and uh, you make it as you don't intentionally make it grittier, but I just think having Kurt Russell being his age doing those same things adds a little bit of I'm too old for this. I say you just go through that way. This is the most fun Wait I can have with it. What if they what if they do this movie in China next time? Oh. So yeah. so take kind of building off of what you said 35 years later, but now they're in China because they need to see they need to go visit Wang's wife's family whose mother is dying. So they have to go back. The Jack Burton, Jack Jack Burton just right. happened. Jack Burton just happens to be there with like old classic Polaroid on the Great Wall of China. Runs into Wang after all these years. <laughs> hey, buddy, how's it going? And next thing you know, hilarity ensues. Well, and also, like, you know, you get your equivalent of Lopan or whoever the god he was trying to appease. That's mad like, at them. Yeah. For Okay, all right. Like, no, you get your next this. your next level big bad yes. is in China. Like, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. That that sounds it's just I, Kurt I, now, versus see, the monkey because I could not I could not picture <laughs> it, it, any it sort just, of sequel or remake that would be worth it you know its salt but like that sounds fun to me yeah, yeah you yeah, call it a little of, trouble in big it, China no yeah, small trouble in real China no bigger trouble just call big trouble in little China. China just be done with it <laughs> it just keeps it with the theme. See, Big trouble in little Twina. I already forgot. <laughs> Twina. Oh my! You're never. You're not gonna let me live this. I'm never gonna do one of these again. I'm out. I can't believe that. I would say okay. So another that 
up until 30 seconds ago, I couldn't picture any version of this that would make me excited to see it. Um, but now that you've said that, which sounds amazing to me, and the other version of this, like, is you open the world for this isn't just black, like, Chinese black magic isn't the only type of magic that's real. And I want to follow Egg Shen on his vacation where he goes to, like, Mexico or Norway and has to deal with like the old gods of different cultures and he winds up like meeting like a new a new type of hero um on their quest like having to battle these ancient demons and we just you know you get your big trouble in little uh, cinematic universe oh, man <laughs> that would be <laughs> where you know you think, you think of it later to, but like, like Ketsukadal if this had actually fighting. been a successful franchise which i'm sure it was intended to be because all movies are yeah yeah just different neighborhoods of each thing so it means eventually you'd get like a big trouble in little armenia <laughs> it's just yeah. there's some fun shit there i i would be into it and like you could you could do that either with you know you've got Jack Burton's in a truck, like he can go places. Yeah. Egg Shen's on vacation and has magical powers. Like, the world's your oyster. Like this, this I'm all of a sudden actually down. Big trouble, in <laughs> which I did yeah. not see going into the section being down for any of anything like this. I wonder how much the IP would cost, and if we can raise enough money to buy <laughs> Big it. Big trouble in Little Havana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of these work, but I wish they had happened to the eighties and nineties. Well. I mean, and that's that kind of thing. It's like, how does this movie on paper doesn't feel like yeah. the cards are stacked for it. Well, that's why you just get and more that's... writers. <laughs> Each one of them yeah. will add a new motivation to Jack Burton. But it it works, though. It worked for whatever reason. It worked with this one. I and mean, we had a whole section yeah. where we established this. <laughs> Shockingly, this movie won Sage over, which I'm always... I'm always impressed when that happens. I like movies. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, any any last things you want to get off your chest before we go into our recommendations and plugs? Because I feel like oh yeah, this is this is a cinematic world that like I do want to talk about like the things that are in this vein a little bit more. Well, I certainly like recommendations for things like this. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like, cause I don't know. Go watch Lost Boys. Hey, listen, listen. I'm going to tell you what. So, Kurt Russell's a bonding experience between my dad and myself. We watch pretty much every single Kurt Russell movie that's ever been made and ever will be made. So, you know, just kind of platforming off of that. Just wait until the next Kurt Russell movie comes out. Fill in the back catalog. There's a lot of good ones in there. Sky High, fantastic. I wish just, just go on Sky a... High. <laughs> I That's one that you could show your daughter, like, pretty soon, I ah, assume. I'm going to write that down, dude. That's a good idea. Sky high for June. You know, <laughs> one way I wish this, this movie had been more influential is I wish uh, John Carpenter had a better time working with the studios on movies like these because afterwards he started going a route. John Carpenter has m more movies I like before this movie than after this movie. And this movie was 35 years ago. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah, because this was the movie that broke him, is, is what I remember like kind of reading. Yeah. Like, this was this was it. This was his last time doing a studio movie for quite some time. And this is, like, you know, you have the thing before this. That's something I did want to talk about, too, is, like, John Carpenter at this time. He was coming off the thing. 
He's done Escape from New York. Halloween. 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 Um, which, which, by the way, if you want me on for that one, I watched <laughs> it a couple months ago, and I, I'll be on that one. We we make over that eventually. Yeah, Starman. Well, but you did Starman? Is that John yeah. Carpenter? Yeah. Really? Or is it? Really? Yeah. yeah. One well, and the, um, his career like started with, you know, Dan O'Bannon, who went on to write Aliens, which like this movie was not. Big Trouble in Little China was not a financial success. Oh, no. This movie made $11 million. (laughs) Yeah. Which, like, some people say it was close to the Aliens was coming out. Eddie Murphy had just done The Golden Child, which I haven't seen, but apparently is similar. You have not seen The Golden Child? It's kind of, it's telling that those movies came out the same year. But it was also the same studio. So, like, one of the reasons this got a little worried. No, I think it was different studios. And this was actually rushed into production. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm backwards there. You need to see the Golden Child, dude. It, it's so yeah. This movie does have a seventy like eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and the Golden Child has a twenty eight percent. Okay, so there's about seventy percent of the population that's wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I mean, that movie's not there, there's actually good. some differences. There's I mean, differences. There's a lot of similarities between these two movies in in some weird ways. Watch it. Oh well. I'm not, uh, I don't have as strong of a recommendation for The Golden Child. Yeah. I, well, okay. So the recommendation is The is the Golden Child, apparently. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just who you trust for at this point, me or Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's your decision. I'm pretty, tru- I'm, I'm pretty trustworthy. I mean, I, I, feel, I feel if you like Big Trouble in Little China, I feel that you will like The Golden Child. Rob's argument is that he's pretty trustworthy. <laughs> That's the only argument I have next to you. <laughs> yeah. I, one Just thing I do, I, the last last thing I want to end on is because we've talked a little bit about too little about John Carpenter, really, but also this was shot by Dean Cundy, who also shot like Jurassic Park. He also shot like you know he shot the Thing, Escape from New York, like a bunch of Carpenter films, a bunch of Zemeckis films too. Uh, are, are you are you doing the Thing right now? <laughs> I might just be doing that thing where I, I get I get us to uh, Space Jam, Six Degrees of Space Jam in two. Six Degrees of Space Jam. Okay. All right, go. Dean Cundy also shot Looney Tunes back in action, starring none other than Bugs Bunny himself. That's <laughs> He's not going to. All right. Well, no, there's no reason Bugs to drag Bunny that out. <laughs> And this is bad. Six Degrees of re- Space Jam. <laughs> the reason I bring that up is just to say, like, someone who had such a storied career, when they went to give him his awards, like, and pe- give him his life achievement, this was the movie that they used as, like, his movie to talk about his life for some reason. <laughs> for someone, the person who shot Jurassic Park, the person who shot you know back to the future this was the movie and i just think that's beautiful because it's 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 an amazing movie and just a yeah that is pretty anyway. wild to choose over those two <laughs> regardless Rob of quality was... both in terms of cinematography and in terms of historical importance in cinema they picked this <laughs> over influential film. back to the future at jurassic park go dean well rob (laughs) thank you so much for being on is there anything that you want to plug 
Uh, yeah, go listen to my music. Dr. Underscore O-B-E-R-T. You can find it anywhere. It's really good stuff. <laughs> Get it. It's fantastic. Get that shit on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, Whatever. You can find, <laughs> you can find me at Gavin V. Murray on Instagram. Uh, that's about all that's really uh, social media presence as, as it is. Sure. Sage? Yeah, the same thing, but at hold for playing. Or don't. Eh. <laughs> Rob, thank you again. Um, yeah, this was special. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me. Old Jack always says, what the hell?